Hello, beautiful people. This is Shaylin Foster, and welcome to another episode of Interior Motives. Today, I'll be talking to my daughters and my nieces about what's going on in this millennial dating culture. It should be an interesting episode, so take a moment, relax, grab a cup of coffee or some tea, and let's talk. Good morning, ladies. How are you doing? Good. Good morning. I know it's early in the morning, but uh, I'm so glad to have you beautiful young ladies today to join me to talk about this whole millennial dating culture. I am happy to talk about it because I think it's been something that I've talked to you probably all of you over the years, as well as talked to a lot of young women Um, whether it be clients of mine or just women that I come in contact with. What's going on in the dating world, the dating scene? You know, there's, in reading, I have, there's not a whole lot of research out there um, in terms of just kind of the disproportionality when it comes to African-American women as it relates to this whole dating culture. But uh, I was recently reading something from NPR and it was talking about this whole marriage gap that's affecting African-American young women and just African-American millennials in general. They were talking about how economic disparities impact the whole dating scene as well as millennial, this whole millennial marriage gap. It also talked about that less than 50% of Black millennials will actually be married by the time they're 40 years old. And so to me, just hearing that is is pretty daunting. And then when you think about not just women and men, but just let's focus on women, you know, when you think about the percentages, they become higher. And so I'm glad to have you guys or you young ladies here to talk about just some of your personal experiences, as well as your perspective on this whole topic. So why don't y'all go around, we'll start uh, with Andrea and talk about uh, just a little bit about your background and kind of what are you looking for in a relationship? Okay, so my name is Andrea Fatoma (laughs) and a little bit about me, I am a high school English teacher and I'm 38 years old. I am still single. I do desire a man who has integrity and strong leadership. And I've had, um, I probably consider myself a little more inexperienced in terms of dating, a little late, um, late (laughs) bloomer-ish in terms of dating. But I have a lot of friends who have had a lot of dating experience and there's just a lot of different things that I've observed and we'll definitely be talking about it as we get into it today. All right. Thank you, Andrea. Lauren. My name is Lauren Foster and I am a research assistant and currently wanting to be a psychologist. That's my career goal. But in terms of what I want in a man, I feel like I feel like I, I feel like I answered this question so many times. But I just want somebody that's kind, that's not a jerk. I mean, I don't want to say another word on this podcast, but anyway, yeah, I just want someone that's kind, that's a gentleman, not a super Christian because they real bougie. I'm not into that. Someone that's down to earth, pretty much. There's more, but we're gonna be here all day. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Venitra. Hello, my name is Venitra Brown. I am 25 years old and I'm a graduate student studying biology. I'm not going to say I'm that experienced in relationships, but I've been in a fair amount of situationships. So, you know, I feel like similar, but what I look for in a man is definitely one who leads because I tend to not, not, I wouldn't call myself an alpha female, but I'm opinionated and that's just my personality, but I feel like sometimes that personality gets enhanced because of all the things that you're put through as a woman and you, you know, trust issues and things like that. So definitely the man that leads because nobody wants to have to be an alpha woman, one who loves the Lord, 
because if they don't love the Lord, then they can't love you how you need to be loved. And one who just is very uplifting and we're like molded for each other. So he's for me and I'm for him and someone who wants to grow with you. And essentially that's it. Thank you, Benitra. Macy. Hey, I'm Macy Lovelace. I am 25 years old and I am currently a phlebotomist working to get uh, my master's in the health-related field in the future. What I look for in a relationship, everything that's already been said, 100%. But to add on to that, a best friend, somebody who I can talk to, that I can rely on, someone that wants to learn me, who doesn't judge me, and who wants to enjoy life with me, someone I can trust, do not like liars, so someone that I can trust and be able to be vulnerable with, and they're willing to be vulnerable with me as well, and very, very adamant about someone who was willing to communicate. I need to be able to talk to you, and we need to be able to have those hard conversations if need be, so I know that's something that I want in a relationship. Thank you, Macy, and last but not least, Maya. Hi, everyone. My name is Maya Foster. I am 23 and I have goals of going to law school soon and getting my master's as well. I would say what I want in a man is just someone that I can always turn to when I need them. I don't, I would say that my relationship experience is minimal. I definitely can relate to Venetra, the situationships and they're, they're not, they're not fun, but Definitely someone that communicates effectively, someone who is a leader. And I just think that because I have such strong leadership skills myself, I don't want, I want to feel like I can actually submit to somebody and not the other way around. So, and just like a man of just integrity and honor and all those things and someone that just resembles just like a Christ-like character, but at at the same time, someone who's human, if that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, I felt that last part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about just kind of the messages or your experience with viewing relationships growing up, or even the, some of the messages that maybe your family members or your parents or church culture has kind of driven home about relationships and what a healthy relationship supposedly looks like and anyone can answer that so i this is kind of one of my qualms with the church um in general i feel as though there's this constant push towards marriage and so when you look around especially around young adults a lot of them are not equipped for that level of relationship there's not enough focus on really developing self because when you develop yourself mm-hmm. then better positioned to be able to be ready for all that comes with a heavy relationship like marriage, right? But it's like, we just kind of gloss over the self-development. Oh, just let the Lord, amen. And then get get married, get married as quickly as you can, no sinning. And so everybody just kind of is trying to rush to the altar and they jump in and then they're just really unhappy. <laughs> and it's almost like misery loves company. So then they begin to kind of pressure single people to get married as well. And, and, and there's not enough conversation and there's not enough, there aren't enough spaces for developing in order to be ready for something like that. And so that that is an issue that I see. I think there's a stigma with unmarried women. Mm-hmm. We're almost seen as like second-class citizens. Mm. Wow, that's heavy. And then if if you're attractive at all, you will find that married women have a tendency to interact with you a little differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as if, I shall say, as if mm-hmm. their spouse, because you're still trying to figure out why they wanted the spouse that they chose. Mm-hmm. No, no, I I don't want him. I'm still confused as to why you do. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just your presence alone, you know, sometimes makes 
uh, women who have been made to be insecure in their marriages due to whatever their spouses have put them through, uh, you find that you become this kind of subtle target. You're often left open mm-hmm. for men to kind of attempt to exploit you. Mm-hmm. They automatically assume that because you are single that you know, you're this lonely, miserable woman who's mm-hmm. dead and any kind of attention will do. And so, you know, they almost seem, it, it's as if they treat you as, you know, I, I can I can be inappropriate with you. I can come at you sideways because I don't see a man that's going to cover you. So you're fair, you're, 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 you're an easy target. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to develop this very strong exterior, like, don't come for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in order to make sure that you're protecting yourself. But in doing that, sometimes it it feels as if it's stifling your femininity so that you're not this soft, delicate, you know, easily approachable, vulnerable woman that men say that they, they, that they're, they like, or they want. Mm -hmm. That'll be it for now. (laughs) You said a a mouthful right there. You said a mouthful. Man. That was it, but like, I didn't even think, you know, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, girl. Oh, I was about to say, like, it's just funny because Venetra and I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, Andrea, Venetra is you. And just to see how, like, you would think it would get better as you get older. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no. And I guess I will be considered the one that's trying to get people the benefit of doubt to be understanding Mm -hmm. and I know with the messages that I've heard oh you shouldn't do this or they're not going to respect you and you should act this way they're not going to respect you but if you act like this they'll respect you they'll Mm -hmm. want you to be valued and let's just be real I've done all those things Mm -hmm. what was considered (laughs) the good girl image and what's the what's the good girl image tell me about what that looks like (sighs) Can we be candid on this? Yes. Yes. You're not having sex before okay. marriage. You're not drinking. You don't go out. You're not uh, opinionated about mm-hmm. certain things. You don't question. I mean, you don't challenge them with a lot of stuff. You keep to yourself. You're really cute. You wear certain stuff to look a certain way. And you're like, you're poised and respectful at all times. And you're supposed to be considered more valued than someone who is f- as free to be themselves so to speak right. um whatever that might mean for them right and so i know for a fact i've definitely tried to quiet my personality down to appease the opposite sex just to find out that it's it's better to just be myself if anything because whether they're gonna like me or not when you say quiet your personality are you saying you're shrinking yourself I would say, um, well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Just you, I wouldn't, if there's a situation, I wouldn't say what I would want to say or how I would want to say it. Gotcha. If I don't want to come off, you know, too strong or too out there or, you know, not classy or not a lady. You know, there's certain things that women aren't supposed to say or aren't supposed to act like in public around certain men if they want to be looked at as value as someone as a catch right and so i know i've often well let me not say that let me not challenge him to that because i don't want any issues and doing so if anything just enables him to think that he can say and do whatever he wants to do Mm. which is never the case and so having to but once you've already let that boundary fall on the wayside it's really hard to reestablish it so that's why it's important to just be yourself Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Can I add on? Um, So I know growing up, especially in an Adventist home, Mm -hmm. a lot of times in in church that I used to like, you know, like at rap sessions, Sabbath schools, little retreats, they always just would, I'm not going to say cater to women, they would talk about women. It was always be submissive. Mm -hmm. And it was it was just like, it's like, I'm, I'm 13. Why are you always preaching about submission? Why are you not saying anything to the men? But it's just always telling us girls and to be submissive. And the thing mm-hmm. is, what am I submitting to at, you know, 13 through, through 18? Right. I even had a, um, 
a person I dated in college. I was, I was 18. I remember he told me I was too dependent on my parents. Oh, wow. And I'm like, am I supposed to depend on you? Because you're not the one filling up my car. You're not the one buying me food. You're not the one putting money in my bank account. You're not the one taking care of me. You're not the one who I live with when school is over. I go back home to my parents because I'm still a minor. And you depend on your parents too as well. So, and also growing up, you know, as far as Mr. talking about like, like being opinionated, my mom is opinionated mm -hmm. and my dad is opinionated, mm -hmm. but it works. So what I was hearing in the church was different kind of than what I was seeing at home because I don't see an issue with someone being opinionated. And in fact, I'm not even going to say it's being opinionated because nobody calls a man opinionated. A man, when he talks and says what he has to say, right. it's just being him. But if I talk and I speak up and I say what's right and what's wrong and that you're not going to treat me like that, you're not going to treat another woman like that, you're not going to talk about my friend like that, it's, oh, get out your feelings, you know, or why are you so sensitive? Right. And so then going back to what Andrew was saying, it's like after you've just been hearing all that and seeing all that, you put up a guard because you're like, I don't, I one don't have to tolerate this. I'm, just because I'm single doesn't mean I'm bitter, doesn't mean I'm lonely. One, because if I really wanted a man, at the end of the day, we could all have one. Right. It's that we're not going to lower ourselves to just be out here and pick everybody like how the men like to do. And that's just, that's just how I feel. I used to, I, I even now being a Christian dating, it's hard, especially as a black woman, mm -hmm. because we're constantly belittled. We can't do anything without hearing backlash from it. Like Macy. Mm -hmm. She lowered her personality to appease men. Mm. Backlash. Me. I say what I got to say. Backlash. You know what I mean? You know, you could, you right. could be young and single and a Christian. What's wrong with you? Old and single as a Christian. What's wrong with you? A normal age. If a woman is 30 and single, something's wrong with her. If a man is 30 and single, he's trying to get his house. He's trying to get himself together. Right. So it's like, you want me to marry at 23? Because then I don't have no knowledge at that. So it's just everything, especially being Black. They have so much to say about women and they have, and then, and nothing makes sense. Nothing adds up. And so that was just one of the big issues that I dealt with. And I, mm -hmm. I'm still am dealing with it because now, like I said, especially as being a Christian, I'm just like, you know, what's for me is for me. I'm not going to lower myself or my standards to appease mm -hmm. to a man. If you don't like the fact that I'm opinionated or I like to have conversation with you, then that's your fault. Somebody will come around who does. Right. And, we'll, and, you know, and we'll go from there. But I do think that that is a big issue that does need to be addressed, especially in black churches. I can't speak for, you know, white churches, but in black churches, they do put a lot on young black women mm. and young black girls that we need to submit. Mm. And and my thing is, what are we submitting to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. so when, you know, we talk about submission, what is that? What is that looking like? I mean, you know, are they... Or, or is the church culture talking about what that submission looks like? I think I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that what there is, it's a wrong view because they're always, you know, like they love to bring up the Bible verse. Women should, um, I, I somewhere in the New Testament, but <laughs> I think it was Peter saying how women, you know, the one that says don't adorn yourself and pretty much be quiet when men are talking. They love to bring that up. And so, but they, they never want to bring up the verse where it says, for Christ, um, when Christ tells their husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church, they never want to bring that up. It's just always women, don't adorn yourself, sit down, listen to, to, to the man, because he's the leader, he's the head of the household. And so I think that they don't, they, they take it out of context because they do what appeases them. Why? Because most of the leaders in the church are men. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think they take out the context. I don't think they teach it the right way. And that's what makes a lot of Black women, especially like in our age range mm -hmm. on this um, podcast, mm -hmm. that's what makes us cautious about even submitting to a man. Because mm -hmm. once again, yeah, you want me to submit to you, but you don't love me how Christ loves the church. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't take an interest in getting to know me. It's just that if I don't agree with you, I'm not submitting. If I don't have your meal cooked, I'm not submitting. If you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a lot of stuff that I think that they take out of context. But I think that what it comes down to is when they, they don't want to really understand what the Bible was talking about, because then mm -hmm. it would have to change how they do things. Right. And yeah. they don't want to do that or accept that. Right. Yeah. It sounds like there's just a lot of mixed messages, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of confusion about what that's supposed to be. 
you know, and also kind of a failure to really look at context um, in terms of each person's situation, each person's frame of reference, each person's cultural experience. So it's all interesting. So talk to me, ladies, about just some of your specific frustrations, you know, dating in this age looks different. When I was coming up back in the day, uh, dating was different. You know, we didn't have obviously social media. We didn't have cell phones. So the dating process was like, you had to be intentional about getting to know somebody, you know, guys generally (laughs) had to pick up the phone call you. They had to make efforts to come and see you. You had make to have to, you had to make efforts to see each other. And so we didn't have, you know, all the stuff that's going on on social media. You know, we didn't have, you know, all these selections or platforms to choose from to meet people. So it, it was a simpler time. So, so talk to me about what's going on out here in these millennial streets. Break it down for me. Help me understand. Mm, maybe I'll start. Um, I'm gonna start because I, I've just been I just been through the storm. So, <laughs> for me, I've experienced everything possible underneath the sun. From ghosting, I just feel like there's way too many ways to just play games nowadays. Like there's way too many, there's just way too many ways. I've been ghosted, benched, put to the side. Oh, oh, I'm just liking you until a homegirl texts me back, like that stuff like that. Um, when it comes to relationships, I've only been in like 2.5. The 0.5 is because it was a situationship. It wasn't a real relationship. And then the two relationships I was in, both those men were emotionally abusive. And that was difficult. And it wasn't long, but it felt like eternity. And then to recover from that, it took a really, it took a while. The second time it didn't, it didn't take as long because I broke up with them because I just wasn't dealing with it anymore. So I feel like nowadays with social media, it just really amplifies the situation. It really makes everything worse. You know, you got to worry about first. It just, it, it was just worrying about these women out here that, you know, maybe he'll sleep with somebody. Now it's like, you got to worry about him looking on social media and then, then you got to worry about, oh, whose pics is he like? It's just, it's just all this extra stuff. And then you almost want to do that. It's not even on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I almost want to do that. Just be out in the wilderness with the, with the <laughs> rabbits and things. And <laughs> like, I just would rather someone that's off the grid because it's just so much stimulation you know, no pun intended, but uh, I just feel like it's a problem. That's my biggest problem. This, it amplifies all these commitment issues that men already had. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. So I give up. So that's my problem. Okay. Yeah, that's really what it is. Honestly, it's, it's social media. Mm. It's so easy to be um, able to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And so if you talk to a guy you have to believe in this age, you're not the only one he's talking to. Mm-hmm. You can't put all your eggs in one basket in this day and age. Men don't want to date anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to take you out. They don't want to go out. They want to chill. Because half yeah. the time, yeah. chill chill. Or if they do take you out, they want, they want to go 50-50. Right, they want you to pay. And <laughs> I just put that out there. I have no problem once in a relationship is established to take you out sometimes, but once a relationship is established, once I know where we're going, once we're together, if you're trying to pursue me and let me know that you're interested, you should show effort. You should try. And it just seems like men are like, I'm not matching energy unless I know what, like, you don't have to match my energy before I do that. And it's just like, okay, but I'm not going to match energy if I don't know where we're going. Mm. So, like, men, 
don't i'm not even gonna say men dating in general men and women in this day and age it's real easy to just talk for a minute for a couple of days couple of weeks mm-hmm. go on a date or two if that and then ignore each other after that you still follow each other on social media you may not get any pictures every now and then but that's it there's is this a random person you don't really know that you see on your timeline that you don't talk to that's what dating is in 2020 Mm. you might meet someone and it's such and go like at the end of the day like this it's very seldom that you meet someone on social media and it goes past three months at this point it's just like mm. most people that you end up with or you talk to people that you've already known like in college because you had to be in this like area because you guys all went to school together outside of that it's really hard to meet new people. It's really hard to want to get to know someone because everyone wants to just do small talk. Mm. And I personally hate small talk. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're not going to actually engage in conversation with me, I don't even want to talk to you either. I'll flirt with you for a couple of hours if I'm bored. I'll match that. <laughs> <after> that. <laughs> a couple hours? <laughs> like, like, you know, if it's at night and he's texting you, like, what you doing? I'm not doing anything. And I, oh, and I hate a what hate you that. doing. I have to do do W-Y-D. not wyd me I, I hate you that. will get muted <laughs> i will not respond but like men don't have plans men don't have intentions men don't have effort because it's easy everything is easy now social media twitter tinder <laughs> instagram we have a story about tinder but um, literally there's so many outlets on like out now that if you talk to a guy you cannot believe that you're the only one that he's talking to you just can't because you will get your feelings hurt real fast mm-hmm. you invest too much time you're gonna find out how easily replaceable you were in your life and mm-hmm. it's and it's and it's a hard feeling to feel that way because i used to be really upset about that but i've had to learn well it is what it is. Oh. But you know, like, I think that's where, I guess, with our generation, because, I mean, what Macy and Maya know, like, you, I, I, if I'm talking to you or if you just slide in my DMs, I know I'm not the only one, but best believe you're not the only one either. So as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, you know, we, we both just doing what we doing until... Right. But I think, like, as far as... Um, I know I'm sure, like, I'm sure you could say, like, back in your day, there was no talking. Either you were friends... Or you were in a relationship... Dating, yeah mm-hmm. right and, and then it wasn't and so i think that's where our generation loves to add different stages into things like mm-hmm. oh i'm getting to know you oh now we're talking now we're dating but now we're so, exclusively dating so I, I i and i get confused about the talking because the talking seems like y'all are really dating with the with the <laughs> with the intention of going somewhere but that's not really what it is that's, that's talking is a scam is. that's not talking is a scam talking a scam. is a scam <laughs> It is. There's no, there's no point to talk if, if we're going to date. No one wants to say I'm dating you because then it sounds too exclusive. It sounds mm-hmm. too, we're putting a name on this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we're dating. Like, we're going on dates. We're talking to get to know each other. That's what this is. Talking literally gives people leeway to say, oh, well, I'm just, uh, she's there. She's cool, but she not, she's nothing serious. Exactly. That's what it makes it seem. And it's just looking like, oh, but we're but we're going on dates and you're buying me gifts and we're hanging out, but we're still talking. Mm-hmm. We're just talking. We're not talking. We're dating. Now, if we decide not to date anymore, that's different. Like, like people, people really confuse it. Like they make it seem like, well, if we if we say what this is, then we're a thing now, and I don't want to do all that. And it's just like, no, it really, we're really just dating. Like, it's not a big deal. That's the case. We're going on dates. I just want to understand, like, what is men's issue with commitment? Like, I don't get it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we go, we're doing all this heavy talking, hanging out, all this stuff for three, four months, and then you just all of a sudden start being distant. Oh, and, and then just making up excuses for as to why we're not talking anymore mm-hmm. and all this stuff. You're just like, I just, someone make it make sense for me because I have been in just situations where, you know, things are starting to look promising. You know, there's like potential that this could be the only person that you're talking to and you don't feel, you know, and I'm the type of person, like I kind of commit quicker and like I invest time 
into people earlier than I should, honestly. But mm -hmm. I'm just not the type of person who can just date several people at once. I just think that's like too much. And, and I just get my feelings involved and I end up getting my feelings hurt at the end of the day. But like, I just don't understand like why they've made it so difficult. Um, people have made it so difficult to actually like want to commit to somebody. And I have friends who have been dating the same person for years and years on end. And I mean, and I'm not, you know, everyone's happy, kudos to them. But like me, like, I just, the thought of even going through another talking stage really disgusts me. Because I just mm. don't even want to put my feelings into something for several months just for you to like dip out of nowhere. And then yeah. I'm left confused, wondering what I did wrong or wondering what happened. And I just haven't like fully developed the bounce backstage. Like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's less about me and more about them. I'm just, I'm not there. And me and Macy and Venetra and Lauren all talk about this all the time. So I don't know if anyone wants to add to that. Yeah. Even, <laughs> go ahead, Lauren. Even if you're in a relationship, it feels like there's no security in that. I've had guys that I was in relationships with that they wouldn't sit with me at church or show any type of affection in public just to kind of show other women that they're off the mark, that they're not off the market, basically showing other women that they're still single. So it's like um, when you're in a relationship, there's no, it's not set in stone unless until you go down the aisle. And even then, divorce is a promising thing, too. So you, I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, so do you think with, you know, obviously we talked about social media, but the options are endless, particularly for men, Black men, you know, because Black men typically outnumber Black women, uh, or actually it's the opposite. Black women outnumber um, Black men. It's, it's disproportionate. Um, and so for Black men, there's just tons of options. So, you know, they, they can get settled into one, but then if there's one that's got this or got that or looks this way or looks that way, it's almost like, okay, well, here's, here, here's another option. So tell me more about that. So, I, I really think it, it's it's even deeper than that, honestly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a couple things going on, and I'm speaking specifically about the Black community because mm -hmm. I think that we 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 struggle the most with this. Um, mm -hmm. That that a lot of this has to do with just generational issues due mm -hmm. to you know, white supremacy and what we've been through historically. Mm -hmm. If you notice in other communities, marriage is more something to aspire to. Right. But we do not hold that as something to aspire to in our community. When you look at our, our music, our programming, what is pushed out into the media, the Black man is seen as this, um, this highly sexual man that goes around, you know, trying to conquest women. and like The Mandingo complex. Right. Mm -hmm. That's his claim to fame. Like, look at how many women I can get in bed. So that now makes me a man. And because of the lack of the, the, the fathers in the homes, mm -hmm. healthy fathers in the homes at that, they're not able to see male, healthy male figures. Mm -hmm. And not like the media is putting these healthy male figures on a pedestal and saying, this is what you should aspire to be. Right. So they're, they're putting these negative male role models in the faces, mm -hmm. of black boys who don't have that community structure and what they're just copying what they're seeing right. and come up and you know i just remember back in the day it was like at a certain point it there's kind of like this expectation you're looking for wifey you're looking for that that well-rounded wonderful woman who's you know you're going to be able to marry and who's going to have your children and raise your children you're going to have this wonderful home and it was almost like there was pride in being the, the man, you know, who could provide, who could protect for his woman, who could be that strong male figure. And then just kind of over time, it's like, that's, that's not even, that's not even cute anymore. It's just like, oh, that dude's a simp. He a simp because he's, he's a, he's a man in his home, in his household. Mm -hmm. His wife um, adores and respects. He's, that makes him a simp, you know, and you going around 
playing games with women and sleeping around that makes you, you know, masculine and manly. It, it's just, it's a warped sense of manhood that is prevailing in our community right now. Um, and then the other side to that too is of women. We have to hold one another accountable to the point where so many of us find our identity and being connected to a man because of that validation issue, we're willing to put up with whatever, just as long as I can get this man and feel like I'm somebody because I have myself a man, then I, I will deal with whatever I need to deal with. And I'll, I'll compete with these other women and try to kick them out of the race. And, and so that means that now I'm subjecting myself to things that are just not okay mm -hmm. doing it. And then it just, it just continues and continues. And so you have so many women who are allowing men to act, um, even some of them who may, you know, actually be pretty decent, they kind of start to survey the land. It's like, well, hold on. Why do I even need to be this way? I'm allowed to give the bare minimum. So yeah. what's the point in, you know, working on my character, developing who I am, becoming more of a provider? What is the point? Because if I can still get this 10 over here being a five, there's no point, there's no incentive. So we've literally taken away the incentive for these men to develop and get to a level where they're respectable men and, and, and can really um, bring something valuable to a relationship. I think that those are some great points, Andrea. I, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about this scene in The Waiting to Excel. I don't know if you remember mm. the movie. Yeah, where Whitney Houston was dating the man in the movie, Dennis Haysberg, that was married, right? And her mother knew about it. And she was, you know, Whitney was complaining about just, you know, being his side chick, blah, 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 blah. And the mom was like, but, you know, you gotta just be patient. He's a good man. And it was just like, you gotta be kidding. You know, that this standard of this unavailable, emotionally unavailable man was acceptable for her mom because she was just so fearful that she wouldn't have the uh, opportunity to get married. Unbelievable. But there's a lot of folks in our community that might, you know, have that, that, that mindset that, and I think y'all talked about it, in order to be seen as acceptable or worthy, you know, you got to put up with a lot of stuff, a lot of, whether it be emotional abuse or neglect or be not seen as being worthy. So very disappointing. And also to your point about um, the images, because think about it, how often do we see images of black men, you know, in the media where they're rolling the strollers around with their babies? You know? Rarely, and if, if you do see it, it's with a non-black woman. Mm -hmm. I was about to get on that. <laughs> that part. I was about to get on right. that. It's literally, literally, it's, they'll do it. Right. They'll be, they'll be the man. They'll be the father. They'll, they'll commit to someone that does not look like us. Mm -hmm. Natural hair, black, nappy edges, or what could be considered kinky hair. I get so frustrated when I go on social media and I see a guy that's so attractive and all the girls that he likes is fair skin with really sleek hair. Is that still a thing? It, it, colorism? Is that colorism? Colorism is alive and well in these streets. It is. It's like, I'm not good enough. Being black isn't good enough. No. <laughs> if I'm not no. mixed with something, I'm not all that pretty. Like, it really is. Exactly. And it, and I'll, I'll hear, no, Macy, you're gorgeous. But I'm not gorgeous enough to date. I'm not gorgeous enough to settle down with. Because who you're interested in doesn't look like me. Not at all. Not even close. Like, I can be okay. Well, you know what? He's with a black girl. She's beautiful. No. She's mixed with Irish mm -hmm. or Native American. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like me. And not to say that those women don't deserve love because that's not the case. But what I am saying, it just seems like black, natural women. <laughs> who embrace their their hair, mm -hmm. their skin, how they look, they get tossed on the wayside for someone who straightens their hair more, who looks yes. a little different, I a little less black. 
I thought we were yeah. seeing more, you know, chocolate girls in the media. Uh, no. I tell me, and those are and featureism, featureism. Yes, it's fed. It's a fetish. They're fetish. Yes, I tell Macy all the time. I'm like, even we always talk about how other races uh-huh. fetishize us. But I said, even in the black community, mm-hmm. black men fetishize us. Because I said, when you when you look at like being big and plus size wasn't in until the um fairer people, Kardashian, people start getting mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. And even now, mm-hmm. if you look at it, yeah, you curvy, but you got a roll, so you're not you're not attractive. Your curves mm-hmm. have to come. And the tight waist and the big behind and the fake breast. Mm. Stretch marks. Only got to be on your butt. We love stretch Mm. marks, but only if they're on your behind. We love love dark-skinned women, but Mm. only if they're glistening when they come out the pool. You see what I'm saying? Oh, we love kinky hair, but only Mm -hmm. if it's that that 3A type curl pattern. Right. A lot of times when they look at us, it's just, it'll be coming from the men who are the darkest. And I'm like, your mama is a black, black woman. Mm. And you are up here trying to talk about us. And so it's just what, what they portray in the media is that a man, the black man will, and it's, it's I know it's a part of um, programming mm-hmm. because I, mm-hmm. the whole world is against black women for whatever reasons, because we're that popping. But it's just like, it shows that they're going to commit to, to to the to the people who aren't who aren't black once again, for, for whatever reason. But I do think that the black community fetishizes african-american women just as other races do but mm. it's more hurtful when it comes from your own race because we're the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we will run, but the thing is we'll ride for them but they don't ride for us yeah and, and it's funny because it's like, like your mom your sister looks just <laughs> like me mm-hmm. so yeah. if you can but respect they, them, it's, them. It's, it's mentality it's like it's like low-key they're sick because it's like, why do you think like that? Like that literally makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a self hate. It's self hate. It's self hate. So you feel like you okay? So tell me what specifically that you think that black men are looking for visually. So I do want to say this though. Mm-hmm. If I, I I'm really big on accountability mm-hmm. to bring it back to us. I think and I, I do believe that a lot of what we're talking about in terms of them not stepping up for us, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll develop themselves as they need to for the other woman, right? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times it's because they know they can. <laughs> we often come out here and say, I, I only want a black man. I'm all for a black man. Black love, hashtag black love. And I, oh, I'm not even looking at no other race of men. I want me a black man. I want a chocolate man. So they feel like, oh, I got it like that. Okay. I don't have to do much for her. I know she gonna take me anyway. Mm. Come on. Other women are like, oh, if you're not making this amount of money, if you're not, you know, doing this or doing that, I, you can't even come over here, you know? And so they realize that they have to work for it with other people. But with us, because we put out there, we blast out there that, oh, King, I want you. I want you. You know, it's like, oh, I'm already chosen over here. I don't have, I don't have to work for it, you know. And when when we start making it clear that, listen, I'm looking for a man that you know will bring this to the table and that to the table, and he can look any kind of way. And I'm not even going to entertain any man that doesn't have these certain things or is not coming with these certain things. And yes, I am open to men of other races when they understand that we have a certain standard where, no, you do have to compete. And, I, and I'm gonna bring so much to the table that, okay, you understand like, okay, well, she's not asking for what she isn't bringing, first of all. And second of all, now I have to compete. You're gonna realize that I'm gonna have to change <laughs> the way that I'm, I'm, I'm moving because it's not that easy anymore. You know, so I think when we start putting more pressure on ourselves, to make it clear that listen, you got to compete to come over here. Right. It's not going to be that easy to just roll up on us just because you're a black man. No, Mm-mm, no, sir. Step your game. When we do, I don't know. That's what we do. We do that. Because not know. enough of us. That's the problem. As a collective, we're not doing it. Yeah, as a collective, we're not. But for those of us who are, we're seen as B words because we demand yeah. a certain yeah. that we are going to be given, you know? We're going right. to give, we're not asking for anything less than what a woman should ask for. Right. You, you want us to submit, but you're not paying nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You want me to submit, but you want to go half and half on a mortgage. Like, it don't work Mercy. like that. And Mercy. so when you tell other races that, they get it. Or when Black people hear that from other races, it makes sense. But when a Black woman says it, oh, you need to humble yourself. What makes you think that you deserve this? Yeah. But then on the flip side, I've heard a lot of young women say that these Black men prefer women that are seen as more the B word, that they're, you know, more snobbish or stuck up Mm -hmm. or have all these standards. Mm -hmm. You're not Black. (laughs) They like your other races. I will say this, adding on to what we were saying before, Mm -hmm. in terms of like what Black men are looking for, if you're in the church, Mm -hmm. it adds a more complicated layer because... (laughs) I've seen a lot of Black men, especially that are pastors, young pastors, their wife is like this extremely light-skinned, long hair, has a, has a hint of snob and a hint of submissiveness, just enough of pin. It's just like, mm. she's just like this tight, mm-hmm. right? And, and then also, if it's not someone light-skinned, it's someone that's maybe it doesn't it doesn't matter like their complexion but their personality is very very docile very i am a member of your fan club type of thing mm. and i'm just be honest i'm not gonna be your groupie fam like that's not what it is so like and, a true worshiper yeah mm-hmm. I, i've had a lot of issues with that i've had a lot of issues with men that they they will get upset if you're not worshiping at their feet and stuff like that. And then the moment you start catching feelings and you start quote unquote, quote unquote, worshiping at their feet, that's when they be like, nah, I'm out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you really can't win with so just trying to find the, the, it's always, it seems like there's a moving target in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But men do like snobs. I'll say that. Black men, they like snobs. They like, they like, the B word, that's that's their thing. It keeps them. It keeps them running. I just think men just like to. They they want to conquer. They want to feel like they have to work for something. You know, they want to be the pursuer. <sighs> Take that away from them, then they don't like it. I'm tired. Like, I'm can so I just rest? I just don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that angry that angry um i mean that snobbish girl works for everyone i feel like if it's for a darker skinned woman they're labeled as the angry black girl mm. you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean i don't know I, think I, it depends. Like, I mean it really just depends like you have to look a certain way to like fit that yeah that makes sense i don't know i mean mm-hmm. i have a lot of friends who are fair skinned who have curly hair and I, they're all sweethearts, but I, if they were to put on that snobbish mentality, I'm sure many more men than, the, than there already are would go after them. But someone like me, like, it just, it wouldn't be cute. I mean, and I'm, hey, I'm fabulous, but I'm just saying, like, I just, I don't think that that's something that everyone, it works for everyone. And I don't understand, mm-hmm. I just don't understand, like, what is it that men want? Like they want to work for something, but what is it? Because like right. there, there are women who are giving it to you, giving you what you need. And they may be providing a sense of like boundaries or things like that. I just don't know what, how, like I can't just keep walking around playing hard to get just so I can get a man to actually pursue me. Like, I don't, you know what I'm but talking about? You don't about? have to, you don't have to. Because the if, there's, if there's one thing I want us all to, to take home and remember with us, like the good sis Megan the Stallion said, <laughs> he already knew what he wanted in her, you know, in her, in her song, she says, you don't have to, you don't have to do a thing because he already knew what he was going to give you before you did anything. So the, the right guy, you just really have to be yourself. Maya keep being a sweetheart. Lauren keep doing you. Angie keep doing you. Macy keep doing you. The right guy's going to come and you're not going to have to change. Now, of course, the waiting, you know, for the right guy, it's, it's annoying and we have to keep going through the process, but I don't ever want any of us on here to think that we have to dummy ourselves down or lower ourselves to appease a man who had no intentions of selling down with us anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. That part. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's, it's an ego stroke. Mm-hmm. Like what Andrea was saying, it's, I got to find out how many girls I can get 
she was hard. Let me get her. And then once I got yeah. her, I'm good. The interest is gone. Like literally as soon as they know they have you in, they really wanted to be with you. Now they know that they got you. They have to ask that question. Do I actually want her? No, I don't. And then, they, and then they're done. It's, it's literally an ego boost to, to make them feel better. Sometimes I'm not going to say all men do it, but the majority when they do go after you mm-hmm. and then they're like really going hard. And then once you're interested, they don't want to talk to you anymore. It's usually because they're just trying to get their ego stroked. Mm. They, they enjoy the chase genuinely. Yeah. And it's yeah. toxic, but that's what they Very. like. To they're inherently hunters. I think that, you know, God created, you know, men to be more inherently hunters but it's when the hunting goes awry when it the hunting becomes manipulative the hunting becomes self-serving the hunting becomes toxic you know and abusive there's a fine line Wow, definitely a lot to process, to digest. There's so many layers and nuances to this whole conversation about the millennial dating culture. Uh, I'm thankful for my my daughters and my nieces for being candid and their willingness to be transparent about this topic. Um, And we just have to continue the conversation. So part two, will be released in two weeks. So be looking out for that. And uh, I thank you listeners for your support and continue to stay healthy and take good care of yourself. So until next time, be well and be blessed. Mm